I wanted to talk to you about the fact that the cross at Calvary to which Jesus is walking has no power over Jesus. It is Jesus who willingly walks to the cross. It's not that the cross had some sort of a lasso on it and threw it out and captured Jesus and pulled him. But Jesus walks obediently to the cross because that's the mission that his father gave him. You know, there's a man by the name of Paul Gerhardt. He was born in 1607. And he is thought to be the, the greatest Lutheran hymn writer that has ever lived. He wrote what we sometimes refer to as the German chorales. But one of his most remarkable hymns, in my opinion, is hymn 438, to which you have no access. But hymn 438 in the Lutheran service book is entitled, A Lamb Goes Uncomplaining Forth. Do any of you remember that hymn? A lamb goes uncomplaining forth. You know how it goes. The thing about that hymn is this, that Paul Gerhardt, when he's writing it, is picturing himself, I think, at the throne of God's glory. And he's looking, he's watching to see what's happening. And the Almighty God in his splendor and glory turns to his pre-incarnate Christ. And he says to him, my son, I have a mission for you that I want you to carry out one day. And the Christ of God says, what is that, my father? The father says, I want you to go into the world and bear the sin of all mankind. I want you to go there and take from them the dread that comes because of the curse of sin. I want you to free them from that burden. And I want you to bring them home to me. In the third stanza of that hymn, the son answers, Yea, Father, yea, most willingly, I endure what you give me to do. I will go, I will give my life, and I will ransom men and women from that which stands between them and you. I will bring them home to you, Father. Now that supposed conversation that took place, took place even before time, had begun before the creation of the world had yet been accomplished. Peter, the apostle, says in the first chapter of his book that this Jesus Christ was the redeemer picked by God to be the redeemer of the universe before the universe was ever laid, before the foundations of the earth were ever in place. Jesus had been picked to be the redeemer. And God saw to the that that happened in time. Jeremiah the prophet says, the time is coming. The time is coming when I will give you, you, a new covenant, not like the old one, which you destroyed, but a new one. It will have nothing really to do with you, except that it is my gift to you. And I'm going to set it up that you will never, ever break my covenant. And my covenant for you is this, that you are my beloved people. And I will always keep you in my heart. I will never let you get away from me again. The time is coming, God says through Jeremiah, when I will put this covenant in place. And that's exactly what happened. St. Paul speaks about it so wonderfully in Galatians chapter 4. You know, in the Greek language, there are 
a couple of words for time. One of them is the time, the, the word that you know, kairos, kairotic, you know that word. Uh, kairos means that everything is just right. All the places are in order, and, and now we can do whatever it was that we've been planning for a long time. That's kairos. But there's another word, and that word is chronos. And you know that word, and it speaks of a clock ticking, ticking, ticking until it strikes 12. And that's the picture that Paul gives us about the coming of Christ. He says this in Galatians 4, when the time was fully, fully met, God sent forth his son. And when you envision that in your mind's eye, you can see this big clock that says God's time. And it's ticking towards 12. And when it hits 12, Jesus comes into this world according to the plan of God. The plan which then ties up forever this beautiful covenant which God promised to his people through the prophet Jeremiah. The promise given to you and to me today as well. So when we see Jesus walking down the roads with his disciples, quarreling as they go, he perhaps shakes his head at that and says, Oh my, how long, O oh Lord, how long? But Jesus is going toward the cross. And that cross has no power over him other than the power which God gives through Jesus' death on that cross. And although it looks at first glance like Jesus is going to his destruction on that cross, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be mocked, he's going to be spit upon, he's going to be killed. It looks like the cross wins. What's really happening is that God is winning. And he's doing everything that he has to do to bring about his request to the Son from before eternity, go and save my people. And God is doing everything he must do so that the son's words, yea, Father, yea, most willingly, I'll go and bear what you've commanded me so that those things can come true. And they have come true. And because of Christ's death on the cross, you and I now are in a new existence. We are forever the children of God, never ever again to be denied that spot. Satan will rail against us and try to turn our hearts to disbelief, to not trust the God who gives us this glorious promise, but he will not be successful because Christ is the Lord and the King of the universe. And on that cross, he used all of his power and his majesty to save you and to save me for eternity. It's interesting that this is the fifth Sunday in Lent, and if you follow those things, you'll know that next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And sometimes we refer to Palm Sunday as the beginning of Holy Week, which it is. And next week we will celebrate with great solemnity the fulfillment of all of the promises that God gave us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it's good for us today to take one more look at that cross and to know that that's the instrument through God, through which God has made you and me his children forever and ever. One of the events we celebrate 
and Holy Week is Maundy Thursday, and that's the time when Jesus gathered with his disciples and washed their feet. It's also the time when Jesus took the bread and the wine and said those incredible things about it as he gave it to his disciples. Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood, which is shed for you. And then Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And so today we'll receive this great gift of Christ. And I want you to have this in your heads, as you do. Here is God the Father in his majesty, sitting on his throne. And here is Jesus, the incarnate Christ, who has been born into this world, who has died and who is raised again, and who ascended back to the throne. Here is Jesus, and he says to his Father, Look, they're remembering me. So may God give you the peace and joy of this season of Lent.